Hawk Cuties, and welcome back to another episode of That's My Cue, your one-stop podcast to get the latest reviews on all things TV shows, movies, albums, and games. As you can tell from my very relaxed and chill voice, your boy has come back from a brief hiatus in Hawaii. I know you're wondering what the heck was that cryptic uh, message at the end of last two weeks' episode. Um, I was going to do a bonus episode about a goofy movie and why it rules, but that's going to come down the line as well because I definitely have like the script half written and I'm like also half awake because it's two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. That's how uh, chill I am. I'm on island time, baby. It's it's just only 11 right now. And, oh my gosh, I am just melting down right now. Anyways, I'm, I'm glad to be back. I, I normally don't take a lot of vacations, and, and now I, that I finally have, I feel rejuvenated. I feel ready to take on the world, you know? I, I feel like I could just... I just Freaking just jump everywhere, man. Do you, you hear this jumping energy? That's jumping energy. In any case, you know, I just had to extend the remaining legs of, uh, you know, this very, you know, cool, chill summer. Because, uh, yeah, I know it's October, but summer's forever as a mentality. But I figured that I'd just do a... Nice laid back currently episode and just tell you everything that I've been uh, checking out and and we'll get back to our regularly regularly scheduled program. Man, even my tongue is very chill because I can't even say normal words like that. I'm not going to say the word regular anymore because it's kind of a tongue twister. Anyways, first on my currently list, we have... Blonde. This is a new movie starring Anna de Armas. It's a Netflix exclusive. Do not watch it. It's it feels very exploitative of uh, Marilyn Monroe's life. It's one of those weird biopics that just you know feels too, um, you know, loosey goosey with the facts, and it just feels mean spirited. I I mean I've only seen. Uh, like a handful of clips and I started the movie and it is just brutal to watch but at the same time you know read what this movie is all about and you know kind of figure out if this is something for you because there is a lot of heavy material to go on um, and yeah I I don't know about this y'all I don't think this is something that would gel with uh, most of the audience that's listening to this but I recommend that this is going to be a, a hard pass. Uh, I normally don't do like any ratings during the currently segments uh, on a normal episode, but I'm going to give this maybe like a hard, a hard zero if that helps you know give you any perspective as to whether or not you should check this out. But moving on, we have Atlanta season four. It's the final season of Atlanta. Uh, if you're a big fan of Donald Glover. And his work, uh, this is something that I've been talking about on the show every now and then. And I just think that Atlanta Season 4 is at the top of its game. It's definitely less, you know, um, heavy with the one-off episodes compared to last season, which also came out earlier this year. But I think that Season 4 is off to a great start. I think that the first two episodes are pretty strong. 
it's still pretty abstract as hell. And uh, if you're not uh, down to clown with very avant-garde, uh, you know, vague humor, I, I would probably say maybe try out the first season and see if it's for you. But I think that season four is pretty great. I, I think that Donald Glover also gives one of his most emotionally compelling performances that I've seen from him, like, ever. I mean, I, I, I've seen him in a bunch of other projects, and he's great there, but I feel like, you know, uh, an Emmy nod should be up his alley next year, uh, should it ever happen, but I would not be surprised is what I'm saying. Uh, right now, I think there's about four episodes at the time of this recording, and all four episodes are pretty good. I think that season um, three definitely is kind of one of my standout favorites of this year compared to uh, this current season. But like I said, it's great. So it's kind of uh, hard to compare something that already set the bar really high. And, you know, we'll see where this season goes. Up next, we have the Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Trolls TV show. I talked about the movie a few weeks ago, but I finally decided to dive into the television series, and it is pretty good. I, I think in terms of all the different various incarnations of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that you might have grown up with, like like I know there might be uh, some listeners that might have grown up with the series that went, uh, ran through the 80s and 90s. Or maybe you're kind of more like me that sort of remembers the 90s cartoon, but kind of grew up more with the 2003 version that was on, like, I think Fox Kids or, or Fox Box or whatever it was on at, at that time. But um, I know a lot of people are very fond of the 2012 uh, incarnation or even, you know, everything that you, there's, there's what I'm saying is that there's a bunch of these teenage mutant ninja turtles, but I think that Rise definitely takes a more creative approach to it. Uh, definitely after watching the movie and then giving the uh, television series uh, a shot, it is by far one of the uh, most um, out there uh, iterations of the show. That's not to say that it's a bad thing. I think some people might, might be put off by the overly comedic tone compared to the recent uh, slightly more serious and drama-filled um, versions of these characters. But I think if you like the comedy of the 80s series, I think this is kind of pretty much an homage to that while also retaining a nice family dynamic between the four brothers and Master Splinter. Um, there, but I think the, the takes on the characters themselves might be a little jarring for those that might be uh, overly attached to the personalities of previous Turtles. Like, for example, uh, Raphael in this version is the leader and is a little more level-headed and responsible, though he can be a little more brutish and just, you know, think, uh, like, you know, punch first, think later kind of thing, as he usually is. Um, but at the same time, he has a sense of responsibility that is uh, surprisingly um, more emphasized now that, you know, uh, he is in that position and... That also makes Leo a little more of a, a, a jokester. He's voiced by Ben Schwartz, which is kind of a weird coincidence that Ben Schwartz has been voicing a lot of blue characters, you know, with Sonic. And I think, what's the blue duck in, in DuckTales? I know you're probably yelling at your uh, podcast player right now, but 
He plays the Blue Duck from DuckTales and is also playing Leonardo in this show as well. So, uh, and also Master Splinter, not to kind of spoil any of the plot, definitely is a much different version of the character than you're used to. So, I would say go in with an open mind. I like to think that, you know, um, the 2003 uh, version of the characters had a movie in which that it kind of explained that there's a multiverse of all sorts of different uh, team NT universes. But I think that if you keep that mentality in mind, Rise is Jess within its own pocket dimension of Jess kind of existing as its own thing. So, you know, go into it with an open heart, open mind. And I don't know, I enjoyed the heck out of it. It's, it's definitely a more refreshing take on characters that I've grown up with. Up next, we have Bachelor Talk. It's a talk about the Bachelorette. Y'all, I I have... It's it's 2.20 o'clock, brain. I, 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 that's not even how you say the time. I'm not going to do the stinger right now. Okay, maybe I might do it. Bachelor Talk. It's a talk about the Bachelor. It's kind of been a while since we've done one of these. And I feel like it's pretty good timing that I, I, I just came back from a nice vacation through paradise. As we're dipping into a new season of Bachelor in Paradise. Y'all, this is what I've been waiting for. I don't care about all these stinky boys and stinky girls on their respective seasons. I'm here to see them cause a bunch of drama in Mexico. And that's exactly what season 8 of Bachelor in Paradise is kicking off with, man. Y'all, I think that Jill Chin is hilarious. You know, like, everyone loves Justin and his funny faces. But Jill, she really brings her A-game in really just doing these, like, very funny, sarcastic faces. I, I think it is hilarious. When she was on Clayton's season, I Caden and I thought that she had perpetual sad face. Uh, because every time she was on screen, she just looked, you know, at rest, very sad. And when she would cry, even more sad. But I think that Bachelor in Paradise is a nice way for us to get to know a lot of the people that, that didn't get a lot of screen time. And also, it brings back fan favorites and also fan not favorites, like Shanae. Why is Shanae here? I know why, because she caused a lot of drama and she was really mean on Clayton season so why not bring her back and so far whenever they do bring these villains back very rarely do they cause the same level of damage that they did before that's not to say that that's always the case um I was just surprised that uh Queen Victoria um last season you know like she barely made a mark uh with anyone and she didn't cause as much drama as I thought she would have but you know, they always say that this is the most dramatic season ever. I'll, I'll see it to believe it. But all right, y'all. Uh, how are you doing? I feel like this is kind of the, the, the most interactive part of the episode that we're going to be doing. So, you know, you tell me how your day's going and uh, we'll just kind of chill here. Okay, that's enough. Let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we'll dive into the rest of my currently list as well as you know, maybe expanding that list to talk about things that I am excited to watch. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. It's a chill summer in October, baby. Welcome back. Today on on this episode of That's My Cue, we're just 
taking it super chill and we're just going with the flow so as part of that flow let's go ahead and go right into more stuff that i'm currently into right now um up next on my list we have abbott elementary season two uh, I was a big fan of season one earlier this year, and season one is still uh, fantastic writing, and I think it's a a strong start to uh, a promising sitcom. And I think that season two is more or less in line with what I liked about that first season. It just feels like it plays everything a little too safe. I feel like the characters, you know, for the most part, um, you know, get along a little too easily, and I don't know, it just feels... It feels like, you know, I'm watching Parks and Rec just remixed with, um, you know, a lot of characters uh, and their plot lines kind of mishmashed and and um, recombined into new uh, configurations. That's not to say it's a bad thing because I like the heck out of Parks and Rec. I just, I think I probably said it in the last episode that I talked about the show that I, I just wish that maybe this show would kind of find its own footing and its own identity. And I still think that it's kind of struggling to do that because it feels too in line with a lot of mockumentary uh, sitcoms that had came before it. So I'm, I'm still holding out for a lot of hope that season two is going to be a great ride and that there's going to be a lot of uh, good comedy. I think that you know, uh, a lot of the big hard-hitting characters that delivered a lot of the funny moments in that last season just are relegated to the back burner this time, at least with these first opening episodes. But it could be like Superstore, where Superstore just got better over time. So, you know, it, it, it's too early to really make that call, to be honest. And up next, we have The Patient... Once again, I've talked about The Patient in a previous That's My Cue episode, and this is uh, uh, not a Netflix, but this is a FX and Hulu drama starring Steve Carell and Donald Gleason. And right now we are kind of, I think, past the halfway point for the show, and I think that it's been okay so far. It, it, you know, It started off with a strong premise. It just feels like it just kind of recycles and goes through the motions of starting us back at square one and not really progress the plot forward you know by like big leaps and bounds it just kind of you know just chugs along you know it it, it feels like maybe there is like some sort of missing element in which we didn't get as much Donald Gleason and Steve Carell interaction it's more of them kind of wrestling with their own personal demons on their own time rather than kind of letting that dynamic, uh, you know, bring that out out of both of them. It does for the most part in some cases, but I would say that, you know, maybe the last few episodes will bring it home. But yeah, so in short, I'm enjoying it. Donald Gleason is terrifying when he's on screen. And I don't know, I, I just feel like I can't take Steve Carell too seriously enough uh, compared to, you know, uh, the things that I know him from. And I know that's not fair. It's just that a lot of these dramatic roles that he's been doing lately, it, it's been kind of hit or miss for me. I, I feel like, you know, he is in his element when he's doing his comedy. But at the same time, you know, I'm always willing to give a lot of the dramatic moments a chance. Like, for example, Little Miss, uh, Little Miss Sunshine was a great combination of giving him 
some ample room to find that comedy, but also play a more serious and downbeat character, which is okay. You know, I, I think a lot of comedic uh, actors uh, need to break away from that and kind of show their more dynamic range. Like Adam Sandler with uh, The Hustle or Uncut Gems, it definitely kind of brought a more, um, I guess, remarkable side to his acting compared to what we've seen him do before. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen Steve Carell do amazing work with a lot of more serious characters, but also in comedic settings like The Big Short or, um, like I said, Loma Sunshine. But I, I don't know, like Space Force, for example, he plays too serious of a character in a comedy and The Patient, he also brings that same stoicness to a drama that doesn't give him a lot to actually work with. I don't know. So I'm, I'm hoping that, like I said, those last few episodes kind of just, you know, round it up. And finally, on my currently list, I know I was rambling, but finally on my list, we have She-Hulk. This is a little She-Hulk update. Um, what is going on this season? I have yet to watch the latest episode, and I know that Daredevil is supposed to be in it, but what the heck is the show even about? Because I feel like um, there is almost no plot to this show whatsoever, and I, I feel like even with the worst Disney show uh, plus shows before it, there was at least like a MacGuffin plot that I could follow along and tune in week to week. I just do not understand why uh, She-Hulk is, you know, um, too focused on these episodic comedy bits, which is something that I had complimented uh, on, on it before. It just feels like it's just kind of at the same time going nowhere, you know. Uh, there, there's no, like, overarching season plot, and the only, you know, uh, I guess challenge within Jen's life as She-Hulk is that she has to balance not only that persona, but also to find a boyfriend? What? It just feels like you're robbing such a rich character that um, would be cool to have in the MCU by relegating her to finding a relationship, which is not remotely interesting at all. You know, it it it, it feels like it is kind of like uh, a B-plot that just got upgraded to A. No, it's more of a C-plot that got upgraded to A. Because that is, you know, kind of like like tertiary to what the plot should overall be about. And I, I don't know. I, I think the comedy can be a little hit or miss lately. But uh, I don't know. I Maybe this, this episode's going to bring it home. But uh, I, I saw the clip with 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 Daredevil on Twitter, and that was pretty cool. I just know that's gonna be the last few minutes of the episode, and we're gonna go into uh, episodes eight and nine, which is pretty much the finale of the season, with like no nothing to actually like jump off of. It it always feels like each episode kind of slaps the audience in the face by promising something, you know. Um, plot progressing only to then regress and just have it be this one weird 
episode where she's kind of in this uh, therapy camp with a bunch of other superheroes that are just, you know, kind of down on their luck. That's not bad at all. It just, it. what does it have to do with anything, you know? Like, it, I don't know. I, I just don't like the idea of, like, well, her main arc is to find a relationship, which is kind of, kind of silly. But, yeah, that's what's, what I've seen as of right now and what I've been keeping up with uh, time to time. Of course, everything that I've talked about in the past, like Welcome to Wrexham or uh, Legacy, uh, which are both sports documentaries on Hulu. You know, I'm still keeping up to a week to week with that. But here's some things on my currently list that I'm excited to kind of watch and dip into. Uh, first off, we have Do Revenge, which is a movie starring Camila Mendez and uh, Maya Hawk on Netflix. I've been hearing nothing but good things about this movie. It's a, a teen, um, you know, revenge movie, which is kind of weird because I, I don't know. I th- I thought we're we're past the point of casting you know, 20-something-year-olds as teenagers. Uh, but I guess with Euphoria, I guess we're really not because, uh, you know, Maya Hawk and Camila Mendez, for whatever reason, the plot requires for them to play characters in high school rather than in college. I have to watch the movie. Maybe it makes more sense. Like, oh, yeah, it, it, it couldn't take place anywhere else but high school. Maybe it's one of those things. So we'll check it out. It looks like a lot of fun. And I've watched uh, a couple YouTube videos of just, uh, you know, them doing some press junkets. And I think that their dynamic looks great. Up next, we have Dahmer. This has been a big show, uh, you know, that's been kind of on the talk of the town with a lot of people on Nef- uh, that have a Netflix subscription. And, you know, it is kind of... Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of stuck in a between a rock and a hard place. I know that the show is going to be executed well because, you know, I, I think Evan Peters will take on that role just fine. And I, I've been hearing nothing but good things about that show, too. But at the same time, I've been hearing a lot of legitimate criticisms about this show, about how the families of Dahmer's victims were not consulted at all and uh, about how they're going to be portrayed in the show. They just found out that the show existed and unfortunately uh, they had no say whether or not uh, if those stories should be told. And I think that is the most unfair part of that. So I don't know. If, if you've seen it, let me know on social media what you think I should do because I think it's a show that I want to give a shot, but at the same time, out of the respect for the families of the victims, like I said, I don't really know if it's something that might be, uh, I guess, ethical to watch. But at the same time, you know, it, it is uh, your choice if you do want to check that out. Uh, up next, we have an announcement for Community. If you watch this show on NBC and also, I guess, um, Yahoo's streaming service. Did, did anyone have that subscription? I don't think anyone did. But at least not that anyone that I know. But I know that a lot of the seasons are on Netflix and they're also on Peacock as well. But Peacock announced that they're finally going to fulfill that, um, you know, mission statement of doing, you know. Oh, let me backtrack real quick. If you've never seen the show 
one element of the show that a lot of fans have been, you know, begging for is that there's this hashtag that came on at one point uh, that said, you know, uh, I think it was like a, a part of the like it's like a tag for their season finale in which it said six seasons and a movie. It finally ended with season six, uh, I think, 10 years ago. And only now has that movie been announced for Peacock. And I am also excited for it because I've been a big fan of that show when it first came out. I kind of petered out around season three because it just the quality kept on dipping uh, as that season progressed. And from what I've heard, seasons four to six, they're okay. They're not the, the best. And maybe I should, you know, round that out to finish off the show before I, you know, dive into the movie whenever it comes out. Most of the cast has been announced to be returning. I, I'm not entirely sure if uh, Donald Glover is going to make a, a return. I know Chevy Chase is going nowhere near this movie. Um, but, you know, I, I'm wondering, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to make fun of his character in some capacity, which I would not be surprised and I would happily welcome. But uh, Donald Glover, I'm hoping that he does make a return because it was nice seeing him do uh, the, uh, you know, I guess the table read with uh, the the cast during COVID, uh, like over Zoom. And it was nice to kind of see the gang back together. So I'm excited for that. I think there's no tentative date announced as of yet but when that does come out maybe i'll do a tmq episode for it and finally for this episode i have never seen and i know a lot of people might be surprised at this and if you know me for you know the longest time and you're a long time listener i've never seen hocus pocus it was just you know, it was on during uh, Halloween for Disney Channel, and I just changed the channel. I, I I could not care less about this movie. And I don't know, Hocus Pocus 2, everyone's been super excited about. Like, every elder millennial has been like, heck yeah, Hocus Pocus 2, bring it out. And I, I, I also heard that it's just okay, but I think it's time for Hocus Pocus marathon it's it's been 30 years actually when did that movie come out anyways it's been 20 plus years and i feel like it's about it's about dang time that i should just watch the both movies so um yeah i'm gonna do that this is me at 250 a.m brain heck yeah let's go baby Anyways, um, if you found any coherency in this episode and you want to let me know what's also on your current list, feel free to hit me up on Instagram at That's My Q Podcast or on Twitter at Q Podcast. You can also email the show at That's My Q Podcast at gmail.com. I want to thank J1K for the use of the music No Flowers from the Vault Volume 3 beat tape, which you can find on j1kmusic.bandcamp.com. Y'all, we're going to go back to our normal schedule as planned next week. And next Thursday, I'm going to be talking all about the duology of Ty West's, you know, uh, twisted, sinister world of both X and Pearl. And also, at some point, I'll talk about a goofy movie. I promise. It's going to be dope. Uh, Anyways, y'all, let me know what you think. Be, Be sure to also leave a nice 
hefty review on uh, Apple Podcasts and give a nice five-star rating on both Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. I'm just kind of going off the dome right now. And when you do leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, just say, Hey, Christian, great podcast. Get some sleep. And I'll know that you listened to this episode specifically. Uh, I, I don't really have a quote because I talked about so many different things today. So I'm going to come up with a quote. And to leave you off, I am going to just say this. To do something is better than to do nothing. Because when you do nothing, it's something that requires anything. I've been your host, Sleepy Christian Ong, and that's my cue. Thank you.